Y'all here, we out here on this bitch. Y'all, we out here on some nut shit. Y'all already know what it is. Y'all already know what it is. Y'all already know what it is. Wait, time out. I don't have a good song on. I don't even have a song on. Uh, the absolute best birthday present I got this week was the absolutely massive assortment of great music that got released on Friday. I mean, it was like, I'm going to be talking about three singles and hold on a second, let me recount this one, two, three, four, five albums that came out, all of which I really liked um, to varying degrees, obviously, but I, I liked them a lot, a lot. And all that came out on my birthday week. So, and I'm actually on my most of those came out on my birthday exactly so it was definitely okay <laughs> it's definitely nice um and it definitely made i'm now in quarantine um but it definitely made my quarantine a lot more enjoyable um, especially you know like i said on my birthday since i'm not able to see anyone except for my family it was nice to just sit in my room work and listen to music this weekend i also got to celebrate another birthday or rather i guess an anniversary as kanye west's my beautiful dark twist of fantasy released 10 years ago on November 22nd, again, 2010, and um, in celebration, <laughs> in celebration, as I would, uh, I, I did listen through the whole album live on my Twitch uh, on Sunday, which was really fun, um, and there was a couple of people, and I was kind of like, you know, I was just listening to music, talking over it, just kind of, you know, again, you know, I've listened to the album countless times at this point, but just, you know, to hear it in its full, um, you know, in the full context, listening through it in full for the first time in a while i really don't beautiful my beautiful dark Twisted fantasy isn't my favorite kanye album to listen to like all the way through um there are maybe like two or three that come before it so it isn't really an album that i listen to in full a lot so it's been a while and it was definitely a fun experience to listen through it all especially you know on camera and you know all that all that fun stuff streaming is fun and streaming that was definitely a lot more fun than i thought it was going to be but yeah so happy belated 10-year anniversary to uh, one of, what is regarded as one of the best rap albums of the 2010s, um, up there of rap albums of all time, but, you know, I'll save that discussion for a different Kanye episode. I think I might have had that exact same conversation on a past episode, but regardless. But anyway, let's get into this week's music again, because we have a lot of it. And of course, we're shot off with singles. First single, uh, like I said, there were three singles that I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Not a lot of actual, like, just Lucy singles came out this week, um, which is fine because I had more than enough music to sort through with albums. But the first song I wanted to talk about is a song called Monster by Shawn Mendes and Justin Bieber. And with this song, uh, this is really a surprisingly R&B-centric single from these two um, pop stars, as they are both pop singers. Um, I, I know Justin Bieber's been leaning into the more slower pop ballad slash pseudo R&B sound, um, which he hasn't found much success in, at least in my opinion, as of late. But regardless, I mean, honestly, this song is so good <laughs> that it does kind of make me hate <laughs> Changes, which is Justin Bieber's last album, which is as bad. Um, it makes me hate that album even more <laughs> because... This uh, this song is good. This song is really good. I like this song a lot. I'm I was genuinely surprised. I I I avoided it on my first. I tried to avoid the first single on like the Spotify new releases chart because I know that that's well the way that the Spotify release chart works is that whoever pays the most amount of money gets higher on that list, right? That's just how it works. So I knew that that was going to be a very I knew that the song, especially with these two pop stars in here would be very uh, i'll say industry sounding or at least i assumed it would be and it would be kind of generic and just kind of whatever 
but both Justin and Sean make their case for being able to, uh, for being well or more than able to meld into different lanes of music of or their economies that they're actually going to live in, uh, being, you know, pop, um, you know, I guess you can consider some of this stuff, some like pseudo R&B or some pop R&B. Um, and then this is a pop ballad more than, more than R&B, but I'm just going to call it R&B centric because there's, there were some R&B elements in it, at least just in their vocals, just how they sounded. Not necessarily an instrumental, that's more of like pop, but regardless. But every part of this song, the verses, like I said, the hook, etc., are really well made. Um, obviously, it's really high production. It's Justin Bieber and Shawn Mendes. So the songs that they're making are going to be insanely high production levels. But they were actually put to good use here. Sometimes that can really backfire, especially in a pop song. But on this song, they're all really well put together. I will say that Sean kind of washed Justin with his vocals on both his verse and the chorus. Because I'm pretty sure the chorus is Sean and just Sean. I think Justin adds a little bit of vocals on the chorus. But it, it's uh, Sean had a better part than Justin did. But that just, again, might just be somewhat of an anti-recency bias against Justin. But anyway, great song. Go check it out. Again, it's called Monster by Shawn Mendes and Justin Bieber. Next song I have is uh, the song called Prisoner by Miley Cyrus and Dua Lipa. And between this song and Midnight Sky, which is her uh, Miley Cyrus's last single, um, I am very excited for this new Miley Cyrus album, which is actually coming out this following or this week. So the 27th of November. Um, which again, I'm, I'm actually really excited for it. I'm, I'm really excited to see what she does. I'm not going to say that Miley Cyrus switches, uh, styles. Well, actually I will say that Miley switches styles very consistently or very often, but with a lack of success in a lot of areas, but I am still very intrigued to see what this album is going to sound like, especially coming off of these two songs, these two singles, but back to the song in specific. Um, it has a great vibe to it, a really good drive, um, and I hope that kind of style and that sound will be found throughout the entire project. Um, it it just sounds good to me. It's just it's just good music in my opinion. Throwing Dua Lipa on here on this song was a genius idea, um, as I think that this style of music, or at least the style that the song lives in, is definitely well within Dua Lipa's wheelhouse or her like strength. You know, if you listen to Dua Lipa at all in the past year which you probably have because her music has been shoved down the public's throats as it really should i don't want to say any kind of music should be shoved down the public's throats but her music is great at least in my opinion so i guess i can excuse it but it's definitely stylistically akin to some of the music that she would make so i think it's she's a good pick on this feature miley on the other hand well i shouldn't say on the other hand miley uh her personality is later throughout the song as well um which does a lot of good for the song. It brings a lot of attitude um, to what could have really been a pretty basic pop song in a lot of ways. It, it, I've said this in the past, and pop is very, as a genre, is very, just by nature of it being popular music, has a very has a tendency to just kind of fall flat or just kind of be kind of basic, for lack of a better phrase, in some ways. But um, they definitely did not let, that get in the way of making this a great song. I think that both Miley, both the personalities, music-wise of both Miley Cyrus and Dua Lipa really add a lot to this song and, you know, basically made it a lot better. I don't know if really any other are, I mean, obviously you can probably put other pop artists on here, but a lot of other pop artists would not be able to have a song come out this good. Um, but yeah, whatever we got, or what we got, however, 
with these two is a very solid pop song, which again left me wanting more from both of these artists. I mean, I'm not gonna ask for more Dua Lipa considering I'm still kind of riding the wave of future nostalgia, which came out early this year. And but I am again still very excited for this Miley Cyrus album coming out in at this point four days. So look out for next week's New Music Monday for my opinions on that. Again, another great song, Prisoner, Miley Cyrus, Dua Lipa. Go check it out. And the last song that I want to talk about, which is really the only song that I was looking forward to because it was announced and it was kind of teased. And it did come out like midday on Friday, so I did kind of get to listen to it before I got in like the music, music, music. Or it came out midday on Thursday. So I got to listen to it before I started listening to a bunch of uh, a bunch of different music. But this uh, last single that I want to talk to you guys about today is called Warm, excuse me, Warm December. And it is by an artist that I do talk about a lot. Um, as you guys may well know, as if you listen to it, this podcast, if you have been listening to it for a while, um, it is by an artist by the name of Sabrina Claudio. Uh, if you don't know who she is, I actually did like a full little... Um, like case study, if you will, on Sabrina Claudia, just because I love her so much as an artist. Um, I forget what episode that is. It was back a while. It was back in season one of the podcast, from what I remember. So go check that out if you want to know more about her and her music. But um, <laughs> it is pertaining to this song. It is definitely the holiday season, or at least coming along as I'm walking into the depart, or as I have been work- walking into the like malls and stores and whatever. It definitely, the music, the Christmas music is already playing. <laughs> Don't worry. But I am thankful that uh, my girl, like I said, my girl, uh, Sabrina Claudio, is here to kick it off with this song. This is a very, I call it, uh, Winter Wonderland flavored song. That is really, you know, just as most Christmas songs, or especially uh, most modern Christmas songs, that try to just, um, you know, put this kind of, feeling of christmas into their into their music um you know it's very you know it's all about cozying up next to the fireplace with your significant other while it's cold outside you know just very like cozy music i don't know how else to put it you guys know every pop singer that makes a pop song a pop album that's christmas oriented it all sounds exactly the same but again i just like sabrina cause an artist i think she's really talented like i love her voice and uh you know it's no different on here <laughs> Other than that, I mean, other than, like, just the subject matter that I just told you guys about, um, it's pretty traditional in terms of Sabrina Claudia's song. Uh, soothing vocals, sultry lyrics, slow tempo. It's very much a Sabrina Claudio Christmas song in really every way you can imagine. What I will say is while I do, excuse me, while I do like this song a lot, I really don't think I'll listen to it after January, which is... um. You know, the the main pitfall, and if, actually, uh, I don't think I've mentioned it, I wouldn't have because I started this podcast in summer, and we haven't reached around to this time yet, but I guess this is a relatively good time for me to say that I don't necessarily like, um, I don't necessarily like Christmas music that much, and it's not that I think it's bad or anything, it's just that, I don't know, to me, Christmas music, it's the same every year, it sounds super similar, I mean, granted, there are there are a bunch of songs, uh, traditional Christmas songs of that that I like. Um, it's just that I don't know. It's the same songs every year, you know. So I don't really put too much credence uh, into listening to Christmas music because I, you know, like I said, it's the same stuff I've heard every year, and there's not much variance 
between like an artist between like artist a singing about christmas and artist b singing about christmas but excuse me when it comes to artists like sabrina claudio who again i put most of my appreciation into her as an artist into her voice and how she uses it i will take this kind of music from her and i guess that's a good thing because i realized today i didn't i was kind of unsure i i had a feeling that this was going to be the case but i wasn't sure until she announced it earlier today actually a few hours before recording this podcast but she is actually releasing a full christmas oriented album which i will talk about and it's coming out on friday as well along with this miley cyrus album what i will obviously i'm going to listen to it obviously i'm going to talk about it here on the podcast next monday but again i'm just gonna i guess i'm gonna shoot a little bail i'm probably gonna unless she decides to diversify how she sounds for some reason on this album i'm probably gonna like it it's i don't i'm not expecting a lot from it content wise or like I want to say quality wise from like a music standpoint, if that makes sense. But from her, like everything that she can control, like everything that is just her, like again, her voice, her style, all of that, I'm hoping that's going to be great. And I, that is the only thing I'm looking forward to. If this were really any other artist releasing the Christmas album, I would have skipped it immediately. But since Sabrina Claudio listened to it, I'll give you guys my opinion on it. But again, that's coming out on Friday. So listen out for that on Monday. But again, Warm December, Sabrina Claudio. Not a whole lot to the song, but definitely a great song to add to your holiday playlist come December. Okay, so let's break into albums here, starting off with... So again, we have five albums. Um, I didn't actually have scripted a whole lot. I mean, I guess it might be a lot for each album. Hopefully, uh, you know, the good thing is that there were there was a good variety there was some there were some club albums or an ep club ep pop album trap album um whatever you would call them the, the megan the stallion album and then uh spanish album so we have a lot of variety here so definitely be sure to listen out to everyone uh, there's a lot of great quality music here and with speaking of quality music i do want to start off with this ep by an artist named shy girl who I talked about a couple episodes back because I found a song from her called Slime, which I love to death. It is a club banger. I, I, it is amazing. It gets me hyped up. It's just energy on energy on energy on energy. And it's one of my favorite songs to come out this year. And ever since I heard that song, I've been looking out for any project that she might have coming up, which I assumed would be coming up soon. And she delivered a very short seven-song, 19-minute EP called Alias on friday which um i liked a lot in short but like i said shy girl an artist that i jumped directly onto or an artist who had jumped directly onto my radar after release like i said of her song slime um i believe she's a i want to say she's a uk artist I, I don't know her voice sounds very british she might be south african i don't know it's it's hard for me to tell i'm really terrible with accents and their origins but um just low, just very limited knowledge about her as an artist, but hopefully I'll learn more about her as she keeps releasing new music. But this EP uh, features some of the best club beats I've heard in a long time, um, along with some of the coolest vocals I've heard, thanks to again Shy Girl's quote. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's British accent. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's a British accent. I'm pretty sure it is. 
but yeah, it's it's an EP just full of club songs. That's all it is. And I, again, I listened to just like last week, I did listen to all these songs on stream or all these albums on stream, or I listened to most of the albums on stream. I was on a time constraint, so I didn't get a chance to listen to every album. But I did listen to this one, to this EP, and um, I was kind of going crazy in the on the stream because it's just that high energy. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, uh, this album should really only be listened to in the context of a club or like a drug-infested party or a similar scenario or environment to allow for like the full range of the music to hit. Such uh, such to say that like, you know, I don't know how much value this album has in 2020 when no one's supposed to be going out to clubs. But I guess I'm, you know, I'm, I know there are clubs open in some parts of the country, so... In those parts, or in those parts where people are partying and colleges, whatever, just put this song, just put some of this music on, and it's. I don't want to say you won't be disappointed because some of this music is kind of polarizing in terms of how it sounds. It's a lot, it's kind of dark in terms of club music and a little and very grimy in terms of grime, uh, club music, but that's the stuff I like, stuff I like to listen to, and um. It in 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 a way, it's the sound of it sounds like if you're watching a movie that has like a like an action movie, especially that has like a club scene. Um, the music that's playing in the background, like the like the very like, there's not a lot of lyrics, but it's very like energetic, like it's put there for a reason. That's the kind of music that's on the CP. So if you can visualize that, you kind of get a good idea of what this sounds like. Really not anything to evaluate lyrically, lyrically again on this album because it is a club-oriented EP. So, like I said, its value all really comes to the energy, which it has in absolute spades. <laughs> and like I said, not exactly the best album to listen to on a cold, snowy Sunday. But when clubs do get back open, please be sure to request some songs off this EP as soon as you walk into place. I know I will be. Favorite songs, uh, Slime, again, which is my absolute favorite song on the album, Tasty, Body, and Lang. And again, that EP was Alias by Shy Girl. Shy Girl being one word. Okay, next album that I have for you guys today is an album from an artist by the name of Ray, who, again, I've talked about on the podcast, especially recently. Um, The album is called Euphoric Sad Songs. And it is nine songs long, 30 minutes. It's probably closer to an EP than a, than an album, but I guess it's you can call whatever project whatever you want nowadays, so it doesn't even matter. But again, I've talked about this artist multiple times in the past uh, due to me kind of stumbling onto one of her songs or stumbling into one of her songs relatively late last year. And honestly, I'm super glad that I did because I find her to be very intriguing as an artist. Um, since then, she has released three singles past that in preparation for this album. With each single kind of making me both more excited and more intrigued for what the project would sound like. I really had... The weird thing about Ray, especially in the way that she released her singles, or at least in the singles themselves that she released, I really didn't know what kind of... What an album or what like a collective cohesive project from her would sound like. So I was very intrigued by the idea that um, she was releasing. I was very intrigued. So I was, of course, going to go check it out. And I do like her, so... Um, I believe that I said this at uh, with her last single that I talked about, but at her at her core, she's really just kind of another pop singer. Um, that kind of sounds like hate. It's not just. <laughs> I'll get to my point in a second. Where I found her to be interesting and worth listening to, though, is definitely in the style that her songs exist in, and in the style of the music that she just makes in general. Um, 
While again, at their core, most of the songs on this album are pop-centric. Um, a good bit of them are dance club-centric in a way, or uh, more, more dance-centric. In some ways, she actually reminds me a little bit of Dua Lipa and the kind of music that she makes. Dua Lipa, while again being, at, on one hand, a very you know, run-of-the-mill pop star, in terms of the music that she makes, her style that she makes her songs in is very upbeat, very dance-heavy, and it makes it just more enjoyable to listen to. Um, and in a way, or in that way, I guess, Ray as an artist, or at least in terms of this album, um, reminds me a lot of Dua Lipa in terms of that kind of style. Just less British. <laughs> as for the songs that don't follow, like the dance track formula, um, which there were a few of them that, that don't follow this, those are, are those kind of fell into your typical like pop ballads. None of which are exactly novel, which, I mean, pop ballads are kind of hard to be novel nowadays. I mean, they all kind of end up sounding the same. I don't know if Taylor Swift actually has this much, this much influence on the pop sphere, on like the pop sound, or if she's literally just the biggest star or biggest singer on the planet who also has this style. But a lot of the slower songs or a lot of the pop ballads on this album essentially could be passed on or pass off as uh taylor swift album rejects ironically i do think that ray has a better voice than taylor swift though so i mean it, make of that statement what you will not saying that those that those pop outs are bad most of them aren't um but they usually don't bring anything new to the table in terms of that sound so you know just by by that metric it's kind of like they're kind of just okay um that being said i did like about eight of the nine songs on this project only really being iffy on the intro track um which is called love me again which is a pop ballad but i don't know there was something the the, the chorus of i'm trying to remember the chorus it was just kind of weird to me or I, I just didn't really like it that much um but yeah it was really just that one song that i didn't really like that much the others i thought were pretty were ranged from decent to really good but overall a pretty decent project coming from a very low-key or i guess freshman pop artist that i could see actually gaining a good bit of traction within the next few years i mean i'm excited to see what she does i'm not sure how old she is she seems like she's young so hopefully she has a pretty long and successful career ahead of her because i would love to keep hearing from her some favorite songs uh off or my favorite songs off the album first one being regardless which is my absolute favorite song on the album i think that song is fantastic secrets again another amazing song and then love your life uh which is a little bit less dancey than the first two but it's still higher energy and it's still fantastic and again that album was called euphoric sad songs by ray spelled r-a-y-e all right next album that i have is um I, I was going to say one of my most anticipated, but I, that, that would be kind of be a lie. But just due to the fact that we have realistically three albums that I was highly anticipating, um, two of which I will get to. But this, uh, this next album that I want to talk to you guys about is called While the World Was Burning by an artist by the name of St. John. I don't think I've talked too much about St. John too much in this podcast. Um, I don't think I've talked to him about him at all. But he's a relatively new um I guess you would call him a trap artist, but I mean, listen, I don't really know what kind of style of music St. John makes. <laughs> also, by the way, this is St. John spelled S-A-I-N-T and then J-H-N. So 
stylistically it's St. John, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what kind of music or what style of music St. John would designate himself to, but I just know that he's really good at making it, and I do like it a lot. <laughs> That's really the only thing I, things I know about St. John's music or the style that St. John's music is. Um, but that's really all I need to know about, right? In a way, he kind of falls into the same category as like the newer rappers that can, that I shouldn't say can, but choose to sing and rap. But where St. John differentiates himself from the rest of his peers in that aspect is his unique mixture of, I would say, his singing, rapping, and the production. And then also the fact that just he actually does have a good singing voice and he actually can rap. So, <laughs> I was going to jokingly compare him to Frank Ocean, but I'm not going to do that. It's not even close. Um, excuse me. But uh, what I mean, and what I mean singing, what I mean by singing is that um, even when he is quote-unquote singing, it's over these 808s and these drum patterns that are very hard-hitting and very, like, sharp. So, even though he's singing in, like, a, in, like, a melody or... Um, anything like that the cadence of it and the the way that it hits that it hits you is it comes off almost like rapping in some in some situations and again this is very heavily assisted by the instrumental that he picks out which he is very good at picking out correct instrumentals for his style of music he's fantastic at it for the vast majority of the songs on here this mixture is really top notch and only really falls or only really fails in a very few very uh, just like a couple of instances the features on this album uh, i'm mentioning the features because there were a bunch of them um were perfectly chosen in my opinion even the ones even the ones on the songs i didn't like I th even though i didn't like the song i could at least say that the style of the song or the sound of the song did lend well to the artist that they put that he put on there which is good which is an underrated um quality of a good album this album features uh, or includes features from The Baby, Future, Lil Uzi, Kanye, Jid, or JID, Kehlani, and then a few others. Um, all of which, again, were supported very well by St. John and the instrumentals of the songs that they were on. And for some reason, all of these artists shine alongside the likes of St. John. Like, it's not like mostly some of the artists on here are probably bigger at this point than St. John is. Not a lot, but I mean, like, when it comes to, like, Uzi and Future and Kanye, like, they're all bigger artists, they're more prominent artists than St. John is. So, in a way, sometimes, um, in this, in that kind of situation, artists might feel, not the need, but might feel, um, like they can kind of, you know, kind of slack off a little bit and just kind of lean back and not put too much effort into their features, but everyone did fantastic. I don't know if it's just St. John's energy in the studio that promotes these artists to like bring out some of their not, not their best work i'm not going to go ahead and say that but some great work but i can appreciate it um this does include kanye um who surprisingly has a great feature also jid or jid I, I don't know how i know it's pronounced jid but i feel like i've just called him jid for so long i feel like if you guys are unfamiliar with like how that is how his pronunciation is supposed to be I might confuse people by calling them two different ones, so I'm just going to call them J.I.D. Um, but J.I.D., I've, I've talked so much about J.I.D. and how insane of a rapper I think he is. I think he is. But he obviously annihilated his verse. 
and um, Black's and Kehlani's contributions on their song. Um, they shared a song with, uh, they shared a feature with um, with St. John on their song. Uh, both of their contributions were also very fantastic. And that song is great too. Um, overall, I was very impressed, um, or rather, overall, th this, uh, <laughs> this, this, uh, oh my god, can't think, Jesus Christ, um, but this project from St. John was very, I was very impressed with how cohesive it was, how just good it was, how cohesive it was, how well he was able to handle, um, having not like a lot of songs on here, but not falling into the trap where he's just repeating the same sound over and over and over again, and just kind of leaning on your features to carry or to carry the the songs or provide some sort of variety. I really appreciate how he did not fall into that trap, and I think it made for a much better album as it really should. Um, and I think this album really makes a good case for him being one of the more one of the more important artists to watch out for, especially now and in the near future. Um, his style, while being really kind of born out of like the singing slash trap sound, has somehow been able to surpass um, the limitations of that sound. And he was able to deliver a project that I will be going back to a lot. And um, I hope to hear it a, a lot when the country opens back up. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Some of my favorite songs on here, um, Gorgeous, which I talked about. Uh, the Roses remix, the the, fe the future remix of Roses, not the not like the electronic one that you guys have all heard or probably heard before. Uh, Quarantine Wifey, which features J.I.D. And then also Ransom, which features Black and Kalani. Those are my favorite songs. And again, that album was called While the World Burns by St. John. All right. Probably the biggest, probably the, the single blockbuster album that came out this week. Um... Yeah, definitely the blockbuster album that came out this week, especially considering how much she's been in the news lately. Again, I'm talking about the artist known as Megan Thee Stallion, coming through with, with her new album called Good News. Um, 17 songs, 49 minutes, excuse me. This is Megan Thee Stallion's third official <laughs> debut album. I am counting Fever and Sugar. She, it's the, the way the music industry works now is so weird with how you like how it's important to call this or call very specific albums your debut album, even though realistically fever was a debut album, but she calls it a mixtape for some reason. It's a full length album. It's a cohesive project. I don't know why she calls it a, a mixtape or whatever. Um, but this album definitely sounds like a very industry debut album. And I'll get, I'll get into this, the specifics of why that is. Um, the album is super long <laughs> for a, a um a music of this style i'll say very respectively um seven like i said 17 songs 17 songs from meg the sign is kind of pushing it a little i don't think it's egregious i mean it's not like she's the migos putting like 20 some songs on an album or even chris brown putting like 30 it's it's not there are worse cases but i think for meg at this point 17 is kind of pushing it a little bit 15 would have been would have been a whole lot better it's crazy how Actually, I'm going to take, I wrote that down in my script. I'm actually going to take it back. The only reason that this album is 17 songs long is because three of the songs, well, three of the songs are singles. Okay, actually, um, some specifics on the song, it's on the album itself. 
this song while this while this album is technically 17 songs long it is really effectively 15 songs long or it was at least meant to only be 15 songs long so i'm not going to give her uh not going to rip her in half too much on that front because i i'm assuming that the the first the intro track which is kind of like a response to the whole tory lane situation was not planned on being on the album until the situation itself happened i also um and also there's a savage remix on here which uh the the one with beyonce which obviously that song has been out forever and the original version of that song was on her last quote-unquote mixtape sugar um so other than those two i guess the album was probably only supposed to be 15 songs long but whatever it's 17 17 is too long um also, what I think makes this a very industry debut album, there were some big name features on this album. The Baby, City Girls, SZA, Big Sean, 2 Chains, Beyonce, fucking Beyonce, um, Young Thug, and then there were some a couple others that weren't as big. But a bunch, a bunch of features won, and a bunch of big name features as well. Um, and then also, I think sonically, it kind of it sounds it ha- it falls into the same traps as like a very industry album that a very industry album would but whatever and i will talk in a lot better detail about that last part in uh in a couple minutes but first let me just start off the actual discussion about this album by saying that i love listening to make the sounds music i do it's i don't want uh you guys listening to come off this episode thinking that i don't like this music at all <laughs> because i do and i like her a lot as an artist She's probably one of my favorite female rappers out right now. Um, just in terms of how much fun I have listening to her music. I think she's very talented. Her energy is absolutely off the charts. I like her personality a lot, just on like a more like personal note. That has nothing to do with the with the music, really. But uh, like in the videos and interviews I've seen of her, she seems like a, just like an actual cool person. And uh, she's my age, I think. I think she's like 22. I think she's like 21, 22 or something like that. She's really young. Um... And like I said, I have a lot of fun listening to her songs, despite not really being able to twerk in the slightest. Um, and that's really a shame because this is an album that is full of club or strip club bangers, just full of it. If you're not familiar with Megan's work, uh, this is kind of her specialty. This kind of that kind of style is definitely her specialty. She's from uh, she's from the South. She's from Texas. She's from Houston, H Town. So uh, where uh, I am. I am under the impression that the that that culture down there in Houston kind of promotes this kind of music. So, no, it's definitely her strength. Uh, yeah. The problem with this, uh, the problem with this being her specialty, is that this sound can get very stale, and the sound doesn't really lend itself to like a full cohesive album, or rather a full industry cohesive album. It it's the the style of of um, this kind of music really just lends well to you just put it lends well to a mixtape it's it's actually funny how i can see i can see why she i, I can i can't understand why she calls a lot of her albums mixtapes because some of them are really just collections of songs instead of like an album where it's like there's sometimes like a like a theme or like a some sort of cohesion or like a story or like sequencing is really important on an album but like on a mixtape or on like just like a project if you want to give it that generic ass name not to worry about all those things and you can just put songs that you like in there you don't care where they go you don't care if they transition well you just throw them on they're meant to be picked apart they're meant they're essentially playlists in a way um that's kind of the style of music that 
she makes and that she's really good at making. And again, it doesn't really lend well to a full 50 minute album. <laughs> um, but to combat this, Megan, as well as countless other artists, um, mostly mainstream ones, throw what I like to call um, album palette cleansers onto the album so that you're not um just to kind of just to kind of not be so monotone in style but um yeah and 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 these and these palette cleansers as i'll call them are so very much not especially on this album specifically these palette cleansers are very much not clubbing songs and so much so that the difference is quite jarring (laughs) it's it's kind of insane um and this um yeah it's just it's just sounds so weird some of these songs sounds some of the songs are just sound weird in the first place but they sound even weirder just sandwiched in between two just like songs that are make or that are meant for show clubs it's weird um for my criteria or for my own self criteria that i made up myself <laughs> there are really three uh, i counted three palette cleansers on this album which um in terms of just a sheer number is up there i know i mean obviously three isn't a big number but on a on an album that is 17 songs long you're essentially cutting up the album into um six album sections which again the first problem is that you have too many songs on there so you don't you shouldn't need that many cleansers if you don't have that many songs but i digress but all three of these songs are horrible, by the way. <laughs> all three of these album cleansers are so horrible. And they sound so much worse next to the actual good songs that they're sandwiched in between. Uh, Work That, or I'm, I'm naming songs here. So Work That and Don't Rock Me to Sleep are both horrible. Oh my gosh, god-awful represent, representations of the pop rap sound. With the latter being one of the worst songs I've heard all year. I'm not I'm not even going to lie. It, it is easily one of the worst songs I've heard all year. I'm looking at I'm looking at a camera that I'm not even recording into just to articulate the fact that that song is just uh, just yes one of the worst songs I've heard all year by far. Um, singing hasn't historically been Megan's strength, and it definitely shows in that song. Definitely shows in that song. It's funny the 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 song that kind of blew her up, um, and the song that actually got me interested in her is called "Big Old Freak" off of her mixtape Tina Snow. Or introducing Tina Snow or something like that. I think Tina Snow is there somewhere. Um, but that song's great. And that song actually does have her singing in it, which isn't bad, but it's not the focal point of the song, so it doesn't it doesn't have to be that it doesn't have to be that great. Um yeah, singing isn't exactly her song, so she should just keep rapping. But whatever, to teach their own, I guess. The song Intercourse, which is the third song, uh the third palette cleanser is just take a deep breath here actually i'm going to take a sip of my water before i get into this but this song called intercourse is just another lazy watered down formulaic industry promoted dance hall song i am so sick and tired of dance hall (laughs) I'm so sick and tired. Let me let me read. Let me let me reiterate. I'm so sick and tired of generic ass watered down dancehall song. I'm so tired of it. I, I think everyone is, and it's so weird. It's so weird that 
that in 2020 labels or artists still feel the need to put a dancehall song on their album and i know that it, it i know listen i know or i can very accurately assume that megan was told to put this song on her album because she is not a dancehall artist her her sound does not lend well to dancehall at all i'm sure she could do it if she wanted to but exact but that's exactly my point if she actually wanted to it would probably sound out better but i know this was forced onto her so i'm not gonna knock i'm not gonna put this 100 percent on her but it just sounds so stupid compared to all these other songs man it's it's just so i'm so tired of it I mean, honest to God, I thought we all kind of agreed that this sound was that the, this watered down generic dancehall sound was insanely played out and stale, just like insanely stale immediately after the days of Drake's One Dance and French Montana's Unforgettable. I thought those I thought that was it. I thought that was realistically the peak of the mountain, the, the mountain, uh, the peak of the mountain for just shitty dancehall music. And I thought we kind of agreed as a, as a musical society to just not touch it anymore, except for just like a few artists who might not get it yet. But I, I, I guess people are still doing it for whatever reason. I don't, you will never hear that song out. You will never hear it. If you want just shitty dance, I'll just listen to One Dance or Unforgettable or like, or just listen to Popcon himself. Just listen to an actual dancehall artist who doesn't, whatever, I digress. I just, just, there aren't any artists listening to me, but if there are, stop using dancehall or just don't, just stop, just leave it. Especially if you're not a dancehall artist, just leave it. Just leave it. You don't need it. Just make better music, please. <laughs> but I mean, end the story. End the story of the hate segment of this. Um, Megan is not an album, a quote-unquote album artist, and really, she and really, as I said earlier, she should not format her her projects like this. This this album sounds way too industry. This this album, in, in some ways, just to just how big of an artist she is now, was almost destined. Not to fail, but to just fall in places. It was destined to just not be as good as it could have been. Which sucks, but what are you going to do? Um, outside of those three songs, however, and a couple others, I will say I really liked the other those remaining songs on the album. I, I will say that. I, I liked I liked those. <laughs> Granted, uh, my, my I want to make it clear that my standards for a Megan Thee Stallion album, like album album, like a full cohesive album like I'm talking about, or industry album as it is, um, those standards are decently low. But I mean, it's like that for a reason. All all I want, all I want from Megan Thee Stallion when it comes to projects, is a few songs, like literally just a few songs that are raunchy, hard hitting, high energy, and fun. That's all I want. That's all I ever want from a Megan Thee Stallion project. If I if you give me, if on a on a seventeen song project, you give me seven songs so i'll say seven or eight songs like half if half the songs i really like that's all i need i don't care if the other seven are horrible but if you give me seven that i like from meg the sound if meg the sound gives me seven that i like that is all i need there are artists that doesn't that that does not apply for there are a bunch of artists that are very much album artists that i would get irritated as hell if i found one bad song on it <laughs> because it's just different um but here, you know, she she definitely she gave me she gave me those seven songs. She gave me a couple more than seven songs, honestly. Seven that I uh, I think how many do I have here? Five that I really liked, and then a few others that I I liked a good bit. Um, but yeah, if you're honestly if you're listening for a fun album 
to listen to when you're like hyping yourself up in the mirror or in the gym or like uh, a similar situation look really just look no further than this album at least if you want a newer project like that i know um one of my one of my girlfriends alex was uh in the was uh in the chat when i was streaming and she she hit me up and she said she actually likes some of the songs on this on this album and she's adding them to her gym playlist so there you go little case in point there um but while i did like this album a good bit i did i did leave the album like listening to it for the first time feeling like there was no real reason for me to listen to most the vast majority of the songs even some of the ones that i'll talk about in a second um on this album over the songs from her first album um which was fever or her first quote-unquote album her first big major label product or project which is called fever um which is realistically the funny thing is it's also um, an all-around just better project in general but that's because she doesn't do all these weird palette cleansers all the time i think she might have had like one or two off last i remember but um they were just her singing and i'm not gonna and those are just bad because they were singing but other than that like that album was probably better and i like i do like that one i like a lot of those songs that, that, that album came out maybe two years ago maybe last year i can't remember but uh yeah, go check out Fever and check out this Meg The Stallion album. Again, it's called Good News um, by Meg The Stallion, her Megan The Stallion. And uh, before I leave it, favorite songs off it, Cry Baby, with, uh, which features the baby. That is my absolute favorite song. I think it's funny as hell. I think her flow is really great. I think the beat is the hardest shit. Um, Freaky Girls, which features SZA, which is my second favorite song. Um, it's SZA on the hook. So, I mean, what, what more do I have to say? What's new? Savage Remix, which features Beyonce. I love that song when it came out. Still love it now. And Girls in the Hood, which even though it is a kind of awkward song to make concerning using Boys in the Hood, which is an iconic song, um, and just literally flipping it. I think this... I, th- I, I, I have a lot of enjoyment listening to this song. <laughs> but again, good news. Megan Thee Stallion. Go check it out. And then the last project... That I'm going to be talking about today is called. I'm going to butcher the name of this album because I do not speak the language that it is formatted in. Sin Miedo, Miedo. I don't know. S I N M I E D O. And it is by an artist by the name of Cali Uchis. Thirteen songs long, fifth thirty-five minutes. Listen, 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 listen. This is why I like. This is why I love R&B song sources because they always. I shouldn't say always. They more often than not give me perfect length albums. More often than not. It's probably like an 8 to 2 ratio, honestly. 13 songs, 35 minutes. Perfect. That's all I need. That's literally all I need. And you know what happens? This album's damn near flawless. In fact, I would... If I understood the... I would be more comfortable calling it damn near flawless or flawless if I spoke the language that it's in. But I don't, so I'm just going to respectfully say that it is insanely good. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't, I can't believe I, can, I'm, I'm still, I gotta start following artists on social media. That's the whole point of social media, right? I, should, I really gotta start using my social media to actually assist me in shit like this, because, I mean, I can't believe I talked endlessly on this podcast about how much I love Caliucci's. You guys know I love this. I love this woman. She's amazing, and uh, how excited I was for her project that she has that I've been talking about because she's been talking about it. I've been just saying, I, I wonder when it's coming out. I can't wait for it to come out. I'm all this other stuff just for her project to just, 
just for me to just not be paying attention and then just have to have her you know kind of surprise it wasn't it was a surprise to me (laughs) um surprise drop it the full album on a wednesday wednesday like what the hell last week this is wednesday last week um it was funny i was actually driving i was taking pictures um and when i got home i pull out my phone because it was in my lap i look at it and i get a notification from spotify and says hey there's a new caliucci's album go check it out and i said huh that doesn't sound right one it's wednesday two i didn't see anything that a new caliucci's album was coming out what the hell is this so i ran inside checked it out full album in my phone right there i'm like oh my god this is gonna be amazing <laughs> Uh, suffice to say, uh, that was one hell of a surprise and definitely kicked off, uh, this turbulent week of music, uh, off on a great, on a great note, fantastic note, astronomically amazing note, if you will. I want to get it out of the way, first and foremost, that, uh, this album is primarily performed in Spanish, so you really won't be getting any kind of content analysis from me today. Maybe um, on Thursday's pro- uh, podcast, I might consult my Spanish-speaking Spanish-speaking co-host Bradley about uh, the content of this album. We probably will, honestly. I don't think we have shit to talk about. But um, So yeah, you won't be in a content breakdown for me, but look out on Thursday if you actually want a full content breakdown of what's going on in this album. But honestly, um, as I kind of expected and why I was so hyped for this album, even though I knew it was going to be uh, primarily in Spanish... Is because I was pretty much blown away um, by every other part of the music. And so the Spanish didn't even bother me. Not at all. I was just vibing. Just purely vibing. Didn't need the lyrics at all. Didn't care. And there is some English. She, you can, I guess you can call this kind of a Spanglish album. Because she switches, in a lot of songs, she switches between Spanish and then a little bit of English here and there. So it's not all in Spanish. But it is, there's some English every, every now and again. Um, but yeah, I love this album so much. I love it. I love this album to death. <laughs> you can't tell by my tone and how much I already said it. I do love this album a lot. Cali sounds amazing throughout the entire album with really no missteps um, at all. <laughs> and the the laid back vibe of the music can really or that, or that can be found. The laid back vibe that can be found throughout the entire album on like every single song other than two. There were like two songs that were upbeat on this album, but I don't care. Because it was just soothing to listen to it, to the others. <laughs> and those upbeat ones were sick, too. Those are good uses of palate cleansers. Those are good uses of palate cleansers. Because they still exist within your, your talent area. But whatever. I digress. Um, but yeah, the, the, the vibe of the entire album um, is so beautiful and so sensual that I find myself, honestly, just kind of getting lost in the sound of it and just... Again, not even just forgetting that it's in Spanish. Like, I didn't even care. My brain did not care in the slightest. It was literally just that good. Um, I'm so happy, so, so, so happy that she made the decision to keep this album predominantly Spanish. I know she was, she uh, talked about in the past kind of struggling with the idea of making a song in Spanish or a full album or a full project in Spanish because obviously a lot of her fan base is English speaking. So she was kind of struggling with that, um, and she didn't want to alienate people, which I have a lot of respect for not wanting to do something like that, even though, like, you know, just the art, the artist versus the uh, consumer versus the business um, is a battle that I don't envy a lot of artists having to do. But regardless, I do appreciate her 
for at least thinking about stuff like that. But I mean, again, I'm, I'm very happy that she stuck with um, keeping it all in Spanish because the style that like Spanish music exists in uh, paired with like the, her own personal style is one that I both love and don't hear nearly enough. Like I just need to like, I honestly, I just need to listen to more music that I don't understand just because I know that there is a world out of music out there that I know I'll like. I just haven't found it yet. Um, yeah. If, if the language barrier doesn't bother you when it comes to music, which I, I, I hope it shouldn't again, I'm still kind of learning that or I'm still trying to get used to listening to music that I don't uh, necessarily understand in terms of the lyrics um, but yeah, if you if you don't mind the language barrier and you're just in the mood for just vibing out to just really just solid, like airtight music, <laughs> I'm I'm gassing this album so much, but it's amazing. Um, please check this album out. Please, please, please check this album out. This album out. Um, this might be a good bit. Well, I mean, it's it it's definitely recency bias, but um, this album has absolutely skyrocketed to the top of my favorite albums list. Just straight up gone. Um, space s rocket to space i don't but akin to but not like tesla or not like spacex i don't think it's coming down (laughs) i think it's staying all the way up there um i'm not even going to go over like a list of favorite songs i have because honestly i don't have any because they're all insane (laughs) they're all incredible and they're they all have enough variety in them where i like like i just like all of them they're just all insanely good songs (laughs) i'm just gonna keep saying that um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm not going to name all my favorite songs, uh, like I said, because all of them are fantastic, uh, the only one that I would say isn't fantastic, it's still good, but the only one that I didn't love to death, and actually I didn't even have it in my library, is because, is the intro track, and that's only, literally only because it's essentially a skit, so if you guys, uh, I don't think I've mentioned in a while, but I don't really like skits, on albums, I don't know. I just don't like re. It's not that I don't like like skits. Um, it's just that on like following listens, there's no real need for me to listen to a skit because I already get it. Like it doesn't really. I don't know. If I'm listening to just the music, I don't need skits. Um, and the intro is kind of more. There, there's you know, there's music in there, but it's more of a skit than than it is just like an individual song. So again, still good, but I just skip it out in previous lessons but yeah again please 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 go listen to this album again called sin miedo uh I'm, i can't my spanish accent is horrible i gotta hang on and reading more but um it's spelled s-i-n-m-i-e-d-o and then is by the stellar artist known as kali uchi spelled k-a-l-i-u-c-h-i-s all right um well that concludes yet another episode of new music monday without a kanye album it's okay because uh, uh, I don't know why it's okay. It's not okay, but whatever. Um, we'll try again next week. In the meantime, go check out, like I said, like I say every time, go check out the music that I talked about today. I know there was a lot of it. Please, if you're going to listen to anything, please, please, please go check out that Caliucci's album. Go check out the Caliucci's album. Go check out um, all three of those singles. And if you have to pick one more, um, I guess go check out the St. John album. I think he is someone you should be looking out for, so definitely go check out those first, and then if, you know, go check out the rest. Go check out all of them, but go check out those first. Um, and again, just going to do a quick plug here at the end, but uh, just like last week, the script for this album was written primarily on uh, my Twitch channel, or live on my Twitch channel on Sunday, 
And again, I do plan on doing that every Sunday from here on out because I have a lot of fun doing it. I get to listen to it again in real time. Um, for some of you guys, if you guys want to tune in and like listen to them with me, that might be some of your first times listening to the album. So it'd be kind of cool. You get a first reaction. Um, you guys can give me your thoughts on it while we both listen together. And uh, I get to react in real time and comment and do a bunch of that fun stuff while I write the script for this. So, you know, it's fun all around. Um, so, yeah, be, be sure to check out uh, my Twitter and my Twitch if you're not following either or any of those. Um, those will both be linked in the description, either below if you're on YouTube or I think above if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Go, to, go check those out. Um, that's how you know if if and when I am going live, and that's just for music. Uh, also goes for just when I'm streaming just games I'm doing on Twitch, whatever. Um, and again, both those will be linked in the description. Also, in the coming weeks, um, Brad and I, we talked about this on our last podcast, or on our podcast on Thursday, but we will be going, in the coming weeks, we will be going over, we will be assembling and going over, excuse me, some of our fa- or our top lists for music of this year so top albums i think i told him i'm gonna do my top 15 i think he said he'll probably do his top 10 um and i'll probably go over my favorite song not all the songs but my absolute favorite songs that came out this year so definitely if you're looking if you're intrigued by that stuff if you're interested in finding out what um music uh we brad and i think was of high quality and that we really enjoyed and that you guys might enjoy Please uh, just be on the lookout for that. Again, we'll talk more about that. That's going to be like a nice little like year-end list, nice year-end event. So um, we'll be, you know, announcing that more more details of that when it comes out. So again, be sure to listen out for that. And with that, I have been Nick Hope. This has been the Bittersweet Taste Podcast, and Brad and I will talk to you guys again on Thursday. <laughs>